0: That treasure is speaking this morning. <laughs> and he's inviting each one of us to come close to him. I feel like there's a sense of the more of God that is in his heart for each one of you this morning. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share a couple of pictures. I did prepare a, a, a teaching that I, I felt, but I'm going to share nuggets out of it. I don't feel too share into uh, many of that because I don't want to be sensitive to what I feel like the Lord is saying do you know that the friendship of God only extend into the places in your heart where where the lordship of God is in place I'm going to say it again do you know that the friendship of God only extends to the parts of your heart where the lordship of God is in place what do I mean with that completely, utterly dependent and surrendered to him, those are the parts that he loves to come and just with his presence and to come in vain. You and I cannot afford that there's any part of us that are standing up before him. That song, I by Love, is something that is calling each one of us to, to empty yourself of yourself so that he can come and fill you with himself. That is what he wants to do. I want to I take you to a, a portion of Scripture. I know usually when we speak about even worship, there's certain portion of Scriptures we go to in the Word. Like, for example, Revelation 4 that I love, the, the scene of worship in heaven. You have the living creatures and the elders surrounding the throne, and they're worshiping. And there you actually see the elders go low and casting their crowns. We just we sang about it. They throw their crowns before Him. But they go low in that position. But I also believe there's a portion of Scripture in the Word that speaks about the posture of, wor- of worship, posture of our hearts that we don't often look at. And that is in Genesis 1 to 3. Genesis 1 to 3. And I'm in our little Emma Joy. It's our Sorry guys, our daughter, she really wants to be with us. So uh, that's why if she comes in, you hear someone cries. And <laughs> it's her. Because she really wants to be with us. And we I want I want her to be with us, but uh, and I don't want her to distract you guys. Um, but um now, with with the, specifically with all these stories in the Bible, suddenly with our daughter, you read this. You know, you, I don't know. The parents was probably would no, know. You know, you read all these stories, and some of you realize there not so much child-friendly actually. You know, and, and and it's it's you figure it out as you go. But the story of Adam and Eve is always always there, and uh, even as I was reading it with our little Emma Joy, I've and it almost became new to me. <laughs> You know, because most of us here in a South African context, we know the story of creation. Well, myself, I grew up in a Christian home. I was, uh, I was taught, you know, this day one, day two, day three, day four, day, day five, day six, you know, all the, 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 the right things, and etc. But I felt like, even as I sat with her and looked at it, I felt like God is speaking to me afresh. And I want to take you to, to Genesis 1, but I want to just remind you of the context. God made man. And the combination of man is that of breath and dust. Breath. He's breath and dust. I always say, you brought nothing to the party. Okay. He made you from breath and dust. But at that moment when He created Adam and later created Eve, do you know there was no distance between them and God. Why? Because sin, the fall, has not happened yet. When God created them in that moment, there was complete fellowship. Eden actually speaks about delight. And contrary, I heard someone saying that Eden speaks about from the light it flows. Isn't that a beautiful picture? As we are one with Him, as we have fellowship with Him, there's delight, and out of that, there's fruitfulness that comes. But anyways, so they were in complete fellowship with him. They were created by God. You know, the order was in place there. The created was made by the creator. They were completely dependent on God. Does it make sense? You all agree with me? And I'm gonna I'm gonna show you that quickly in scripture. If you have um, If you have a Bible with you, you can I open up to Genesis 1, verse 26 to 28. I'm going to read this to you. Then God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so god created man in his own image in the image of god he created him male and female he created them you see that god created man in his own image there it is almost we get this picture that the purpose of god from the beginning was to create children that would represent him well you all agree with me? They were made in His likeness. They, the created had, if you look at that which, uh, that which was created, the, the, the purpose from the beginning is that that would reflect the Creator well. It would give glory to the Creator. It will give praise to the Creator. And that was in place. That was in place. Maybe before I go on, I do, maybe I must mention this. I do think I must mention this. You know, there's two ways that you can follow God. Being sin conscious and being God conscious. I'm going to explain myself. Sin conscious is this. Your following with Christ is actually limited to this. You must just get rid of sin. That's that. It's just out of something. That is the emphasis constantly. Out of something, out of something. God consciousness means... It is out of something into something. Out of sin, out of darkness into light. You see, repentance is part of both ways. But repentance and and being God-conscious, being Christ-centered basically is this, that when I repent, it's not just, it's important to get rid of sin. You hear what I'm saying? I'm not, uh, so I'm not saying the opposite. Please don't hear what I'm saying. But I'm doing this so I can partake of Christ. I bring it before Him. I, I, I repent before Him so that there can be a greater partaking. There's a subtle difference there. I want to ask you, where Where are you in your journey with them? Is it all just about not sinning? (laughs) It is important not to sin. Just hear what I'm saying. Doesn't make sense what I said there. So we read here, God created them in His own likeness. Let's go to verse 28. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I've given you every plant. Now I want to stand still at that phrase. I have given you. I have given you. You see, God has created. He spoke there to Adam I have given you. They were utterly completely dependent on Him. You see, the depth of your worship is directly influenced by your depth of dependence on Him. The depth of your worship is influenced by the depth of your dependence on Him. I want to go as far as saying, our dependence on Him is worship. There's something that's beautiful. And when we go and say, I, my strength, my works, there's nothing I can do. I'm utterly, completely dependent on you, God. Are you all still with me? So before sin came in, we see this dependence in place. And our other words for dependence is humility. Being low before Him as we sang, no, no. It was that was in place the, the, that which, uh, that which was created wasn't exalted above the creator. I want to read this quote to you where I'm from. I'm, oh, I didn't even actually introduce myself. I'm so sorry. That is so bad. I'm so bad with that. My name is Gok. Hello. <laughs> this is my wife Ingrid. Hello. <coughs> um, we're from Wellington. And where I'm from, there's, uh, there was an old Dutch reform, um, I don't know, in, in um, English we say a reverend, yeah? and um, his name was Reverend Andrew Murray, and although he was part of a, a very traditional movement, they saw a move of God in the end of 1800s and beginning 1900s, that really Made a massive impact in South Africa. You can go and read a little bit about it. But he wrote this, and I want to read it to you. Because this is, this is the core to what I actually want to say. He said, But as God is the ever-living, ever-present, ever-acting One, who upholds all things by the word of His power, and in whom all things exist, the relation of the creature to God could only be one of unceasing, absolute, universal dependence. I'm going to read again. But as God is the everlasting, ever-present, ever-acting one who upholds all things with the word of His power and in whom all things exist, the relation of the creature to God can only be one of unceasing, absolute, universal dependence. If we look at God as the one that made everything, if we look at God and, and, and His fullness and who He is, it only makes sense for us to be dependent on Him us to become nothing and Him becoming everything. Often the way that you follow Him testifies the, of the way that you see Him. The way that you follow Him often testifies of the way that you see Him. So there we see this dependence in place when Adam and Eve walked with, with God. Um, some of you would know uh, Louis Giglio, he, he actually has this phrase. He says that humility is the fruit of walking with God. And Adam and Eve, as they, I can just imagine, you know, being created by God, as they walked with Him, there's this automatic dependence actually that comes. Because the more you see Him, the more you want to go low and just be what He created you to be so that He can get the glory. I can imagine it was that atmosphere. Are you with me? Like, I see you, I want to go low. You created me well. And it's like constantly this almost cycle that happened. But as most of us know, there came a time, In the Garden of Eden, when my um, my little girl sees Adam and Eve, she always says, Mama, Papa. I'm like, no, (laughs) not us. She's also starting to to point to a a Noah and a Moses with the long gray beards. And she's like, Papa. I'm like, no, no, no. Girl, no, no, no. Anyways, Um, Genesis 3. Verse 3 to 13. I'm so sorry for this a long portion of Scripture, but I do think we. I, I quickly want to look at that. Is that okay with everyone? Let's quickly read there. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. Crafty means from an angle, from, from a, a different angle. He said to the women, did God actually say So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves fashion designers. And they, <laughs> that's a message version there. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. I can just imagine that moment, you know. You just, you've made, you know, clothes for yourself out of leaves and you're hiding. And they heard the sound of God walking in the cool of the garden. How did that sound? <laughs> I can just imagine that moment. And you know what? That moment when when they heard that sound of Him walking in the cool of the garden... They knew something wasn't, wasn't like before. You see, at that moment, dependence was broken. That which was created exalted themselves above the Creator's will. Pride was the poison that entered their ears. Suddenly, it wasn't about what God wants, but what they want. It's interesting that the enemy came and said, did God really say? Question God's voice. Even goes as far as saying there. Um, I'm going to read that part again. But God, uh, uh, And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the trees. Neither shall you touch it. But uh, then, verse 4, but the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows, he even claims to know God's will. The serpent came and said, I, I know, for God knows, you know? Ach, man, you can. And suddenly, that cycle was broken. That cycle was completely broken. You know, pride caused Adam and Eve to fall. Andrew Murray he has this phrase. He says, Pride is the root of all sin. All sin is about my satisfaction, my will. And pride came into the picture. But there's good news. <laughs> Amen. Before I get there, interesting, there were two trees in the garden. Do you know that? There were two trees in the garden. And I will quickly uh, just look at Genesis 2, verse 9. It says, The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The tree of life, they could go and eat as much as they want, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil was the tree that God said, Please don't eat of this tree. The question that I've, uh, I've many people usually answer is, why would God place two trees in a garden and, and tell them don't eat of that tree? Couldn't He just take away that tree and be like, you know, hallelujah, <laughs> here we are. You know, love is only powerful in the midst of options. And if that option wasn't there, obedience couldn't be exercised and love couldn't be displayed. And there were two trees in that garden. And these two trees represent actually something that I think most of us struggle on a daily basis with. The one is Christ, the tree of life, and the knowledge of good and evil is my flesh, my works, my strength. What can I do? What can I bring, you know? I just want a little bit of glory gone. <laughs> This morning, is calling us to eat of the tree of life. Amen? Amen? So there's good news. And you know, we don't always look at the gospel from this lens this morning. And I, I do want us to look at the gospel from this lens. This is my last portion of scripture. I quickly want to refer to Philippians 2, verse 6 to 8. Philippians 2, verse 6 to 8. Who? This is Jesus. Being in even death on a cross. It blows my mind. We have a a little boy that is um, five months old. Uh, When he was three months old and I still had to hold his neck, I was sitting with him and I looked at Ingrid and said, Jesus was a baby. Jesus was a baby. (laughs) Someone had to hold his neck when he was three months old. How on earth, you know, that the God of the universe come as a baby I don't know, maybe it's just me because we had a child, but I was just like, what? <laughs> it just blows my mind. It does. He became nothing. He could have come and said, ah, tra-la-la, you know, on my horse. I am, I am king, come, worship me. The Bible says his way of doing it is he became nothing. He became nothing. He became nothing. Use humility is our salvation and his salvation is our humility I'm going to say that again his humility is our salvation and his salvation is our humility Jesus came and he, come, he, he came and put that order back into place as we saw in Genesis 1. He came, John 5 19, and He only did what He saw the Father doing. He submitted Himself completely under the authority of the Father. He lived a life of going low, submitted to God. A life that Adam and Eve couldn't live and you and I can't live. He came and lived it perfectly. His humility led Him to death on a cross. And it made a way for us to suddenly come back to that place of dependence. Isn't that beautiful? His salvation allows us now to walk again in humility before Him, completely, utterly dependent on Him. Isn't that beautiful? There's a song, a Portuguese song. My wife and I do weird stuff like that. We listen to Portuguese worship. we have never been to Brazil, but we listen to it, you know. And there was one song we listened to, and then afterwards, I was, I, the melody was just so, you know, I was like, wow, it's so beautiful. And I went and I Googled the, the lyrics of the, the first verse, and this was the lyrics. It says, my pride put me out of the garden. But your humility put the garden in me. My pride put me out of the garden, but your humility put the garden in me. Isn't that beautiful? Can you close your eyes quickly? And even as I prepared and even said that, I'm I'm not standing here saying I have everything together. Definitely not. Ask my wife. (laughs) ask any man's wife. (laughs) I definitely don't have all things together. (laughs) Um, We've been wrestling through this thing ourselves. And I do know there's a a thing of, yes, the blood has, has washed us clean, but there's also a process of journeying with the Lord and, and, and laying things down as we walk with Him and, and as we walk with Him and we become more and more, uh, we are being transformed into the image of His Son. I do realize that. But I felt even as i preparing this morning, I felt, I felt like that phrase that I mentioned earlier about the, the friendship of God only extends into the areas where the Lordship of God is in place. That He's calling some of us to lay down certain areas in us that are still standing up that broke from that place of humility. Maybe it can be something physical. Maybe it's a place of addiction. Maybe maybe it's just your finances. Maybe it's your marriage. (laughs) Someone said the other day about marriage. Um, They said that marriage gets tough when you climb off the altar. (laughs) A place of laying yourself down. I don't know. It can be many things before us. And I remember just even as I mentioned in this image when Emma Joy was a a year old when she now, um, she was, you know, sitting nicely and all these things. I usually went for a walk with the pram with her and she would usually just lay down in, in that chair you put on a pram. And then suddenly there was a change. She started sitting up. She would push yourself up in that chair and then obviously it gets dangerous so then I was like no my love you must lay down and then I could see she would fight it a little bit and it's that picture that almost reminds it reminds me of what I think the Lord wants to do this morning if we come and lay down these things before him which is the ultimate treasure in the field <laughs> and we say this morning God that we want you oh Lord we don't want to just say, you know, and, and wear the title of being saved, but we want every area in us to be submitted to you. Every area in us to be submitted to you. I do feel, um, and you know, I submit this to, to you guys even, but I, I do feel that the Lord is taking you as a congregation into His season where He's bringing things into the light. Into His light. And I, I feel like this, I felt like the Lord saying, tell them my, my mercy will meet them. My mercy will meet them. My gentleness will be there. It was the picture of the prodigal son and the father running. <laughs> and even as you bring things before him, obviously we do understand the weight of sin, but I want to tell you this morning, his mercy is here. His grace is here. His love is in this place. <laughs> So Holy Spirit, would you come and speak to us? Come show us. I'm going to pray this simple prayer. Which area in us is standing up? Even if it's something little, we can't afford anything to break the cycle (laughs) of complete dependence on you. I'm just going to give a minute. Just allow Holy Spirit to speak to you. Thank you. I want to, I feel like there's a a response for us and almost like a, a, almost a prophetic action if you want to call that. But I do feel like if you feel like the Lord is speaking to you about our area, this is not about us in this room. This is about what He wants to do. I do feel like I I just saw this picture of just some of us coming before Him here in the front and just bow, actually going low before Him and just putting those things before Him Say, Jesus. I, this, maybe let's say it's your finances. God, like, I'm so sorry that I tried to take control of this area. I just want to bring it under your lordship again. Or it can be your marriage. God, I just come and I'm sorry f- that my selfish ambition came in the way of, of loving my wife well or loving my husband well or whatever it is. But I do feel like we need to understand the weight of what the Lord is calling us into. Does it make sense? So if there's anything that you feel like the Lord is highlighting, I want to invite you, just come here in the front. There's a lot of space here. And let's just go low before Him. Bring whatever it is.
1: before the King of Kings. We cast our crowns before the only one. Jesus, I bow low before Cast my crowns before the only one, Jesus. Just bring that thing
0: before him, just sing this. as we go. Come and bring these things before you, God, and we thank you for your grace and mercy, Jesus. Thank you for your grace and mercy, Lord. We thank you that you restore, Jesus. You give forgiveness, Lord. We thank you for the mercy that flows from you in Jesus' name, Lord. And whatever it is we bring it before you, and we say we are so sorry for standing up in certain parts in us, (laughs) and we want to come back to this safe place. This place that you've called us to live in as that you've originally purposed and designed it to be. I love how Ephesians 1 says it, but he has purposed us to be holy and blameless, to to be set apart for him and unto him. Oh Lord, we are made for you. We are made for you, Jesus. We are made for you. Oh Lord. And you are The treasure in the field, I give everything. I give it. We just sing this a couple of times, every voice. You are the treasure in the
2: field, I give everything. I give everything.
0: We'll sing it out,
2: every voice. One more time
1: Lost for the sake of knowing you, knowing you to live is Christ, to die is gain, it's all about you. It's all about Let's you. sing
0: this one more time.
1: I count all things, things as lost.
0: be revealed to every heart you are the treasure God you are the medicine you're the remedy Lord for for ours any for anything else we can cling to for our works for our strength you are the answer Lord and in this place Holy Spirit I pray would you stir up a desire in hearts that are rooted in seeing your worth Lord knowing that it's You that we want and it's You that we desire, Jesus. I thank You, God, for a groaning from this place, Lord, that will be for You and unto You. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, for the things of this world cannot satisfy like You do, God. Only You can. Just say that. Only You can. I want to hear You. Just say that. Only You can, Jesus. Only you can, Jesus. Only you can, Jesus. Only you can, Jesus. And I pray, Holy Spirit, would you come and reveal your Son to every heart in this place. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Just one more time then. I count all things
2: as lost for the sake of knowing you. Knowing. Did you sing
0: with conviction, to, to live this Christ, Christ to
2: die
1: is gained. all about
2: You. who it's all about You. Sing it out. I we'll count all things as lost for the sake. You it's all about you, it's all about you, it's all about you, it's all about you. Sing it on, it's all about you, oh it's all about you, it's all about you, it's all about you.